0: Fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. It is great to be back, and I'm excited for this one. We're going to be talking about now the new life that we have in Christ and how Paul lets the believers know how they ought to conduct themselves now that they are in the Lord and what needs to happen, what uh, attributes we should show and and the things that we do actually do matter now as a believer, now as Christians, now as made alive in Christ. Um, Let's go back to Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be focusing on verses 17 through 24. And this is what it says. And and I'll give a really brief recap of what we've talked about so far. This is what it says. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now we talked about back in Ephesians where we learned about the understanding of Christ and him coming about that we are equipped for the work of ministry, right? For the building of the body we, we talked about this body and how we are connected to Christ because he is the head. Um, and what we are to do is we are to grow in the knowledge of Christ. And as we do that, we are growing more into mature manhood, right? And finally, we get to that stature of the fullness of Christ that we should uh, be. We, we should reflect Christ in such a way that um we are be, we are revealing what Christ is, right? Christ is holy, Christ is true, Christ is righteous. And God gives us this standard that we are to now emulate this and show Christ in that manner, right? Because Paul connects that that knowledge of the Son of God to being mature. So if we have no knowledge of the Son of God, we are immature. And this is what the Bible says. This is what Paul says. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about of every wind of doctrine. Remember that? And he says that he is speaking the truth in love, that we are to grow up in every way into him. Um, And then he, he goes on to make this connection to the joints in our body and how it's connected uh, joint by joint with ligament and uh, ligament. And even talks about how if everything is working properly, then this is what makes the body grow and it builds itself up in love. And then finally, we get to the part where Paul is now testifying to the believers. He wants them to know this is how you are to conduct yourselves as don't be like the Gentiles he's speaking to Gentile believers now so in a sense they're not Gentiles they're saints but they no longer are to reflect what they used to look like because that is no longer them so that's where Paul is getting at here so look at verse 17 of chapter 4 in Ephesians it says now I tes- say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, right? So here in, a, in, in these few verses, 17, 18, and 19, Paul gives aspects of how they are not to be, right? The ungodly lifestyle that Gentiles live in. So these believers now no longer are to reflect that. So here he says, now, I, now this I say and testify in testifying the Lord. So Paul is making a point here. And Paul really wants the believers to understand that Paul is urging them and he is wanting them even by testifying in the Lord. And then he says that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. That means they once were there. They once were living in this way of life. So it might be second nature because of the flesh uh, to want to go back to your old ways, but God has called us out of that into a newness of life. So with the new life, we are to uh, now do and obey God and what he commands us to do as believers, right? So let's think back to the 10 commandments, right? There's two tables of the law. The first table is commandments 1 through 4 which pertains to God, and then commandments 5 through 10 which pertains to man, right? So how we are to conduct to each other, how how we are to treat one another. And then also one through four, where how we are to conduct ourselves before God, that we should not have no other gods apart from Him. There are no other gods apart from Him. There is no God apart from Him, because they all don't exist. Only God exists, and He is truth. And we we will get into that too, here in this in, in these few verses that we're looking over. Is that God is truth, and we, apart from God we have no truth. Um. And here, let's, let's go back to Ephesians 4.17. It says, Testify unto the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. So we see here that this expresses a daily walk or a daily conduct. And Paul is giving this call for the believers to no longer do this because he says, a Testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do because we right we talked about being part of the body of Christ and if that's so we are also gifted with the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives and distributes to each one of us Um, and, and each gift is different but it's all meant for the building up the body it's all meant for the good of us and because we love God we do these things and this is how we are edified through other believers this is how we grow because he calls us to not be like these ungodly gentiles right listen to what it says in first john 2 verse 6 it says whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked right paul tells us that we are to be like christ and he gives us examples. And in First John, John tells us the same thing and how we are to, if we are abiding by him, then we are to walk the same way in which he walked. And then he starts getting into loving one another, right? John is known as the apostle of love, right? Because he's always speaking about this love and how central it is and Here, Paul, before, earlier, we saw that there was an importance of this love because the body is growing so that it builds itself up in love, it says in verse 16 of chapter 4 in Ephesians. And then it says, in the futility of their minds. So what is that talking about? Well, in Romans 1.21, it says, For although they knew God... They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So because of the rejection of God, they've become futile or you could say useless, pointless. And that's not how we are to be or think because it says and the futility of their minds. Their minds are no longer set upon the truth. And us, because we are taken out of darkness and back into light or brought to life, then we are to have this kind of mindset that it's not futile, but it's worthwhile. It's, uh, it's a mind that is alive now. It's a mind that can now think properly and rightly because of God. Right, without God our minds remain futile. First Peter one eighteen it says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So you see this is what we were rescued from we were rescued from a futile mindset a futile mind and here like when it says gentiles it's speaking of ungodly gentiles right gentiles that are apart from christ or without christ one thing paul likes to do when he's referencing to the believers who were once gentiles he calls them saints And also, we know that any believer who is in Christ is a new creature, is a saint now, right? We are set apart. We are sanctified and being sanctified. Listen to what it says in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 4. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. So first we are given a ungodly lifestyle that there was a futility of mind. Now we are being told that there's an understanding that is darkened and it says alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So you see here now unbelievers are spiritually dead, right? They might be walking around and breathing air and hearts are still beating but spiritually on the inside they are dead it says it says they are darkened in their understanding alienated from the what from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them so there is a kind of ignorance that causes them to be separated from the life source which is god and because of that they are spiritually dead Right, there is an ignorance of God's truth in them. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. This is what it says The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because what they are spiritually discerned. There's a problem with their mind, and because of that, there is no way they'll come to an understanding unless God does a miraculous work of regeneration within a man, within a person. So us believers, this happened to us. Now we have a kind of mind that is able to be renewed and is being renewed, and we are called to renew our minds daily. And the way we do that is by reading God's Word, meditating on God's Word, because it is alive and active, and it helps us and it refines us to be more like Christ because that is the purpose and that glorifies God because now we love God we love neighbor right they are darkened in their understanding it says alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts listen to what it says in Mark chapter 3 verse 5 it says and he looked around them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. So this is Jesus telling the man to stretch out his hand. He stretched it out and he, his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. The Pharisees saw that and immediately held counsel and they tried to see what can they do to condemn him for doing such a work. But what was Christ doing? He was showing his power. Here it says that, he just told the man to stretch out your hand and he stretched it out and his hand was restored. You see, there was displeasure with human sin and... We see righteous indignation from Christ, and Christ still healed this man. But we have to understand the under uh, the the idea, the realization that there. They are darkened in their understanding. So these Gentiles are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. They're blind. And then, thirdly, we get to verse 19 where it says that they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice of every kind of impurity. So now there's a insensitivity uh to the man of their morals, right? So there's a moral insensitivity among them. And it says, they turn to sin, and as they turn to sin to turn their backs to God, they've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy practice of every kind. And that's very similar to what it says in Romans 1.24. It says, Therefore God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among them, themselves. And this is what happens when you're cut off from God, that you do evil. And you continually do evil. And not only that, you want to do evil. You see, there's a problem with the world who says that God is unfair. Because we can't help ourselves uh, with our sin. So how dare God send anyone to hell if it's not in our ability? Well, the problem is... The first Adam, right, back in back in the garden, he was actually, he was made upright. God created man, and he says it was very good. He saw his creation, and it was very good. And what happened there? Well, he was unstable in his way, in a sense that he was led astray through deceitful schemes, ate the fruit and fell. And now, because of that, there was an imputation that happened to us as well, that when Adam fell, we fell, because he was our representative. And this is why Christ came into the world, is to save us from this sin. They're, but but the idea here is that they have become callous they have given themselves up to sensuality you see god gives them over they also give themselves over by them giving themselves over means that god gave them over to their sins because that's what they want to do you see once we were once there as apart from christ before christ entered our lives before he changed our hearts we lived in this we loved to sin and even now we continue to sin in a way that we we hate it but because of our flesh we still fall right it's not that we walk up and then we want to sin but there's still sin within us that god is cleaning out god is refining us and renewing us and this is done through the holy spirit god is indwelled within us and he's weaving through our hearts and cleansing it right and and there's a difference here the gentiles instead they are actually they have become callous there's a hardening that is happening that they are doing within themselves and here, it says, "Given up to sensuality, impurity." Right, unbelievers are depraved in their behavior. And here we see that this kind of impurity, practice of every kind of impurity, uh, they are turning their sin into idols, and and they are desiring their sin. They are desiring these false idols which is causing them to be blind in their understanding of everything and anything because, remember, God is truth. And here it says that they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy practice of every kind of impurity. And then we finally get to verse 20. It says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Right? So in verse... And, it, and then it says in verse 21, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Right? So they learned Christ, they heard Christ, and they were taught Christ. And these are descriptions of salvation, right? So when the gospel is preached, we preach Christ and him crucified. We believe it, we understand it, and now we grow, right? So we are not only changed, right? We, we are not only made into a new man, but we are to grow in this new man, right? And as we are growing, we are learning Christ, and we are being taught Christ, and we are being taught everything there is to know according to what God has given us, revealed to us in His Word, and that's what should be taught and told in your household, at your church and reflect upon and, and learn more upon wherever you are, right? We are to reflect Christ and continually reflect Christ. There is no off switch because that is not the way you learn Christ as Paul says. We learn Christ in such a way that there is not one time that would grant us, okay, um, only for five minutes you can uh, you can do evil, you can sin and then after those five minutes, uh, just come back. No, as believers, we are to continually uh, prove ourselves holy by being more set apart. And as the days go on, I should be more sanctified tomorrow than I am today. And that's only done by the renewing of our minds. Right? Verse 21, it says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth. So the truth about the salvation leads to the grand understanding of truth about God, about Man, history, creation, um, our purpose, the reason why there is hell, the reason why um, there is heaven, what is heaven, right? The purposes for relationships, the purposes for um, our conduct anywhere and everywhere is because we learned about the Ten Commandments and how we... Broke it, and how God, that is the standard. And there's no one that was able to fulfill that other than Christ. So we must put our trust in Christ and what He's done. And what He's done, right? What He has done, what did He do? We are to learn okay, what did Christ do? What was His purpose? What was His reason for coming? And now we are learning the truth that is in Jesus. Right? Scripture tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. We see in Scripture also that in Christ is hidden all knowledge and wisdom. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus says that he is the truth and the life. He's also the way. Right, So we are to follow the way. And then what it says in verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 3. So this is a cross... You, you can cross-reference between Ephesians and Colossians. It's um, because there's a lot... Um, That is similar in Paul's writings of these two epistles, but there's differences as well. And in Colossians chapter 3, he actually gives examples, right? So he first says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So this is Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then he gets to, in verse five, he says, put to death. Therefore in the NASB, the new American standard Bible, uh, It says consider dead. Consider these things dead. And what is it? What is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed renewed in what renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator so this is why we are to grow more into the knowledge of christ that we no longer are to emulate and show off our old self but instead, we are to show that we are created into a new person in Christ. And then verse 23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So this is really close to Romans chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by, the, by testing you might be, Discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you see, when we become Christian, God gives us a new desires, new mor- these morals uh, that we are capable of uh, fulfilling now, right? We desire less to lie. So now whenever we do Uh, come to a point where we see an opportunity to lie, but because God is in us, the Holy Spirit does not desire for us to commit that sin. So now we are grieving the Holy Spirit when we do lie. But if But now we are given this moral capability that we can actually restrain or refrain from lying. And we can actually tell the truth. And it feels good to tell the truth because we know that um, we have overcome this temptation to lie. But instead, we know that that's not how we learn Christ. Christ is truth. And if we lie, we show our unstableness of our flesh. But again, our desires have changed and now we desire to tell the truth instead of desiring to lie. We don't desire that anymore. We shouldn't desire that anymore. We shouldn't lie. And it says and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness so righteousness is in connection to our responsibility moral uh responsibility morally to man to one another and holiness is reflecting the first table of the law so the second table of the law is the, the right showing true righteousness to everyone uh one another and holiness is the first table of the law, that there's um, a responsibility we are to show to God, right? And yes, there is still sin in a believer's unredeemed human flesh, right? Our flesh still has sin in it. But as we are being renewed in our minds, renewed... Uh, we we can grow more into the knowledge of Christ. We can grow more into holiness, into righteousness, and now we are reflecting more and more Christ than we did, which is why we are to be more sanctified tomorrow than we are today. And it should continue to grow that way until the Lord returns. So that is my challenge for y'all, is to reread this, Meditate on it, learn it, understand it, and grow from it. And love one another as Christ loved us. Right? This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.